So when I was younger, me and my sister, Haley, my sister and I, <laughs> that's the second time she's done that to me. That's okay, I'm learning. Actually, I'm not, because I keep doing it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> my sister and I, Haley, when we were younger, we were very, very fussy eaters. Um, actually, all the, all the kids in my family were, but I think I was probably the worst. My parents would put a plate of uh, vegetables and then maybe a few potatoes and then <laughs> some meat in front of me and I would eat the meat and I would not eat the rest. And so, and my sister was the same. I think maybe she copied me. Maybe she saw me just struggling with it. So she was like, I ain't touching that stuff either. That looks horrible. <laughs> and especially what we both hated was pumpkin absolutely could not stand it it made us literally sick just the thought of it actually even the thought of it years later I, I i don't know why but it was just it would it would like it was traumatizing it was it was it was that bad and so who here seen the lion king imagine yeah. everyone what yeah that's a good question who hasn't seen the lion king get out if you haven't seen it john get out <laughs> have you actually not seen it you haven't seen it wow Repent, seriously. Okay. Well, aside from John, this 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 question goes out to the rest of you. What's that famous line that Pumba and Akuna Matata, which means what? No worries. Which means no worries for the rest of your days. Courtney's definitely watched it too many times. Means no worries. Um, I could keep singing, but I remember I'm recording this. So, <laughs> um, anyway, Akuna Matata. It means no worries, right? So, me and my sister adopted Akuna Matata when it came to dinner time. And because our parents forced us to eat it, they said, You're gonna eat this. And so, we, what we'd do is we'd hold our noses, we'd put the pumpkin in our mouth and go, Akuna Matata, and just like <laughs> swallow. Um, and it actually helped, like that mental processing of that, no worries, it's all good, we're going to get through this together, we're a team. We did it. There's a few times where we spat it back out on the floor, <laughs> but for the most part, it went down and it stayed down. Now, the reason I tell you that is because I didn't want to eat pumpkin, but my parents told me it's good for me. It was good for me. Now. My body said, no, it's not. They are lying to you. It is not good for you. It tastes bad, therefore it is bad for you. But my parents said, no, 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 no. Although it tastes bad, it is still good. And so that was a lesson I had to learn that not everything that I enjoy is going to be good for me. And sometimes I'm going to have to push through the pain to get a result that I actually want. You know what I'm saying? Akuna Matata. Um, then, okay, let's fast forward the clock, clock about 10 years. Blink-182 was my favorite yeah. band for several years. I was utterly obsessed. My, my nature is quite obsessive and I, I, I only listened to their self-titled album for one year straight. Like the play count was like over 400 on each song. It was crazy. Um, I was obsessed. And then they announced that they were going to come to Australia. Now, the first time they announced it, I saw it on TV and I was like, Part of me really wanted to go because they were like my absolute favorite band. But then a huge part of me was really scared. Like I just had so much fear with it 
because I thought at concerts people were like you know moshing people get beaten up I just heard all the you know the, the bad stories and I was like I'm not that strong I don't know if I can deal with that <laughs> um and so the first time they announced the show I I chickened out and I let the tickets sell out and go oh I should have oh well next time whatever and then the drummer, I don't know if anyone remembers this, but he broke his foot. Do you remember this? Remember this, Aiden? Yeah, he broke his foot. Yeah, you would have been like five. <laughs> ah, okay, yeah. It, Travis, Travis Barker, he, he broke his foot. And so they had to postpone the shows for nine months while he was, you know, healing up. And so they announced the th uh, th third or fourth show, an extra show, that, um, you know, in addition to the shows that already announced. And I was like, this is my chance. I can actually redeem my... You know, what I was saying to everyone, oh, I wish I could have gone. But now I'm actually like, I have my chance to, to go. And I went and I was terrified. I was nervous. Oh, no, I was like shaking. I was like, I didn't know what to wear. I didn't know what to do. Like, where do I stand? Like, what if someone throws me and I, and I have to go crowd surfing? And I don't want to do that. Like, it's all these thoughts are going through my head, right? But then I freaking loved it. Like, it was one of the best nights of my life. Like, I absolutely loved it. And from then on... Not kidding, over the next like year, year and a half, I went to like a show every month. Like I just went to so many, I spent all my money on concerts. Like every band that came out, I was like, yeah, going to that, going to that, going to that. I went to everything. It was crazy. And, and what that taught me was sometimes my body sends me these messages saying, don't do that. It's not going to be good for you. Be scared, be fearful, be worried. But then if I push through that, I can actually have the most incredible experience of my life. So sometimes my body sends me a message, my mind sends me a message saying, no, 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 don't go there, stay home, it's comfortable, it's easy. But sometimes pushing through that, like I said, life-changing experience, right? The third one was more recently, let's fast forward the clock another 10 years. I've been, I've been, I mentioned this a few times, but I've been going to the gym this year. I, I wasn't going to the gym at all last year in fact last time I went to the gym was in 2015 so it was two years ago but I've been going to the gym this year and I've been like at first I was reasonably committed I would, I would go maybe two or three times a week and then I kind of got a bit more serious and I went maybe like four times a week but now I'm going 100% five, five times a week every day I wake up I go at 6am no, there's no questions asked and so What's happened is, as I've done that and as I've grown in perseverance and I've grown in this mentality of this is who I am, I'm someone who commits to something, I'm, something I, I'm someone who just does not give up, I will go, I will go, I will go, the more I've done that, the more I've seen processes, in, like not processes, the more I've seen fruit in my life come from this mentality that I carried into the gym, that mentality actually transferred over to the rest of my life to my work, to my marriage, to my friends, to, my, to teaching night, to everything, right? I go and I don't give up and I'm never gonna stop and this is who I am. That started following me around because I went to the gym. <laughs> and so that started t telling me are these things that I do in real life, or not, sorry, not real life, in the physical world, in the natural world, these things that I do and that I practice there actually can equip me more functionally and more fully in my spiritual life by doing things in the natural world I can equip myself to be even a better follower of Jesus literally for me by going to the gym I've become a better follower of Jesus by going to the gym as weird as that sounds That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's cool it's cool and I 
at first I didn't go there for that reason. But the more I've gone there, the more I've seen that sort of mentality is 100% necessary if you want to follow Jesus. Because, okay, I'll get more into this in a bit, in a bit but I never want to go to the gym. Every day, I don't want to go. Every single day, I don't want to go. But I go. And I don't want to eat pumpkin. <laughs> but I was forced to. And it was good for me. And I didn't want to go to that show, but I did. And it was good for me. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Sometimes, okay. The point of all these stories is, is that your mind is going to receive messages from your body or from itself, whatever, saying, don't do this. It's not a good thing. Avoid this at all costs. But sometimes those messages are actually lies and they'll end up betraying you. <laughs> they have the appearance of comfort. They have the appearance of this, this is safety. They have the appearance of the known realm and you can stay where you know and you're comfortable. And at first it seems like you've made the right decision, but later on you'll come to regret it. And those are, those are uh, messages that we have to fight every single day. What do I want to do versus what should I do? <laughs> that makes sense. No one really wants to eat, you know, unless you, unless you just love vegetables. But when you're a kid, you don't want to eat vegetables. You just don't. But your parents, they usually try and force you to because they know it's good. Anyway, um, Will Smith said this. I like this. I like this line. He said, God placed the best things in this life on the other side of terror. God placed the best things in this life on the other side of terror. <laughs> and he said that in, in the context of he was telling this story about how he went skydiving and he's, he's going through this. You seen that on YouTube? Yeah. yeah. It's cool. Hey, he does a really good job of explaining it. It's like he fully is there with him. But he's like, it was the most terrifying thing ever, jumping out of a plane. But then as soon as like two seconds into it, falling... It was perfect bliss. And all that G up and all that build up and all that like angst and nerves and fear just kind of went away. And if I had known that I was going to feel that way as I was falling, I probably wouldn't have been fearing the whole time leading up to it. So if only I knew the best things of life were placed on the other side of terror, I would have been okay. Another quote or something that was in that that I always think about is something, I don't remember the quote, but it was something to do with like fear is only before. You never experience yeah. fear when you're experiencing what it is you're so fearing. Like, and if yeah. you convince yourself that it's just your mind, in reality, when you get to whatever it is, even if it's difficult or hard, you're never actually experiencing fear in that. It's only beforehand. Yeah, exactly. And it's never afterwards either. Like, yeah. yeah it's you usually look back and you go, that was fine. What yeah. the heck was I worried yeah. about? That's the thing. So f fear, fear is one path and faith is another path. And both try and predict the future. Fear says... It's going to go bad, and therefore I should be worried right now. Faith says, no, nah, it'll be good. <laughs> Those are the two options you're going to have for the rest of your life, fear and faith. Both try and predict the future. But yeah, Jesus. Um, <clears throat> trying to stay comfortable ends up leading you to ultimate discomfort. Living always out of fear and doing what your body wants you to do actually ends up ruining your life rather than improving it. Everyone knows that. That's like what I just said there. No one in this room disagrees with that. Everyone knows that if you eat cake every single day the rest of your life, it's going to go really bad for you. But you're going to love it in the moment, but then later on it's going to come back and bite you. Everyone knows that. It's not a secret. <laughs> but can you see the point? The point is your mind and your body are going to receive messages saying, do this, do this, it's good, I want this. 
and you're gonna have to go, no, I'm going this way. That makes sense? All right, Jesus. Okay, for example, let's just spell this out. Imagine for a second, a young boy that has parents, let's say he's an only child, who has parents who, sh who show him no discipline and just let him do whatever he wants. Likely, in that scenario, he'll become overweight because eating, and, eating healthy and exercising is too hard. Likely, he will not develop good social skills because putting yourself out there and meeting new people is too scary. Likely, he will not grow and expand his mind because learning and reading is not fun. Video games are fun. <laughs> he likely um, will be very down all the time because he's made in the image of God and has infinite potential, but isn't let living anywhere close to it. He'll have a constant disappointment in his reality. Um, and he will not, he likely will not grow into his own man because that requires courage and self-confidence. He will likely cling to his parents his whole life and never know who he is. Now, <laughs> that's an extreme example. <laughs> I don't know many people like that, which is good. But the point is doing what you want to do according to your body and what's comfortable for you will betray you and lead you to death. And, and even in that scenario, it was comfortable for the parent not to punish the child. They didn't like, maybe, maybe they didn't like confrontation. Maybe they didn't like when their child was upset at them because they felt insecure when that happened. Oh, I'm a bad parent because they say they hate me. But good parents would push through that anyway and go, no, you don't know what you need right now. I do. So you're going to do this and you're gonna whine and cry and spit the dummy as much as you want, but you're doing this. <laughs> That's what good parents do. <laughs> okay. Um, we actually need discipline, for without it, we will never have true life. This is a universal law. Christianity is not the first, you know, only religion to teach this. In fact, probably every culture in the entire world teaches this. That's why we have schools. How many guys know kids don't want to go to school? And how many guys know every government pretty much makes kids go to school? Discipline. I'm forcing you to do something you don't want to do for your own benefit. You won't see the benefit now. You might not even see it for another two decades. But you'll look back one day when you realize that you need to be able to read to get a job and you need to be able to get a job to be able to eat and you want to eat. So you're gonna look back and thank me that I taught you how to read when you didn't want to learn. <laughs> you guys following? Um, so you guys know Kari Blake? I've mentioned him a couple of times. He changed my life, it's crazy. Um, he is a preacher from, from Texas and he, he's a very militant, straight down the line Bible teacher. He'll, like I've never seen anyone like him to be honest. He'll just pick, open the Bible and say, say, this is what it says and this is what it means. And it, it says what it means and it means what it says. Move on with your life. <laughs> he's just like that. He's, he's very, he's kind of harsh um, in a good way though. Now, okay, Kari runs lots of different training programs and one of them is called the DHT, which is Divine Healing Technician. So that's where he teaches, his main thing is teaching about healing, right? So he teaches people how to get healing results. So lots of churches teach about healing but not lots of churches have healing results where people actually get healed when they go to your church. He said the average church is around about 10% of prayer at church ends up being healing. And, and then apparently his ministry is upwards of 90%. So 
You want to go to him. He's getting results. Anyway. On zero. Sorry, people on the recording. Um, I ran a room on my, my small 16 gigabyte iPhone and it paused the recording. So I'm going to go from halfway tonight. So <laughs> sorry about that. All right. Let's <laughs> you have no idea what I'm talking about, do you? Okay. Might not even upload this. Let's just see what happens. All right. So the flesh. Okay. Some of you right now are being led astray in your life by the flesh. It's, it's got you in habits. It's got you in thinking. It's got you in mindsets. And you've, and you've accepted it. You've agreed with it. Now, some of you are lazy. Some of you are undisciplined. Some of you are just doing what's comfortable because it's easier. You guys know what I'm saying? It's got you in habits. It's got you in this mindset. Oh, but it's easier. It's just not as harsh. It's not as uncomfortable for me. I like it better that way. But you know that's not right. I mean, I'm not even preaching anything new right now. Everyone knows that's not right. Like I said before, eating cake every day may feel good, but you know it's not long-term. As in, sorry, you know it's not a long-term solution. It's only a temporary fix to a permanent issue. A permanent issue is health, whereas a cake gives you a sugar high for like 10 minutes and, and like an enjoyable experience for like a minute. How crazy is that? It's weird. Um, you eat it once and it's just gone forever, but then it's just, you know, I mean, yeah, anyway. It's a funny world. Some of you are living in fear because it's so uncomfortable for you to step out of your comfort zone and actually do something about your life. But here's the thing about the flesh, okay? It trades temporary pleasure for lasting discontentment. It trades temporary pleasure. Oh, I feel good right now doing it. For lasting discontentment. You can constantly discontent with yourself because you know your potential. You know how far you can go. You know how strong you are. You know how passionate and amazing you actually are. And so, and so the flesh is actually keeping you bound. Your body is keeping you bound. Your emotions are keeping you bound. <coughs> Example. The person who gets up early each day to exercise goes through daily physical pain, but the person who sleeps in every day goes through lifelong torment. Which one is the harder route again? Which one, which one experiences less pain? The guy gets up and exercises because that's pain in his body for like an hour, max a day. And then, there, and then there's vibrancy 23 hours a day. Whereas the other guy, yeah, it might feel all right to sleep in for like half an hour, but then there's 23 hours of discontentment because you know you're better than that. You know what I'm saying? And, and your body will suffer because you're not using it. You're not taking care of it. You know what I mean? It, the flesh has this appearance of it's safer, it's easier, it's nicer this way. But in the end, it leads to death. It leads to death. <laughs> Or sexual sin has this appearance of, yeah, it's going to feel good right now. And you know what? Yeah, it will. It totally will. That's how it gets you. Because <laughs> there's actually, there's actually, the Bible talks about this, the fleeting pleasures of sin. It actually talks about that. Sin is pleasurable. It feels great. For now. But it's not a long-term investment. Because you look back and you go, no, that's not right. 
I should be someone who is giving myself, not consuming things. I should be a giver, not a consumer in everything, including my sexual life. A giver, not a consumer. That's true contentment. The flesh says, enjoy now, forget about tomorrow. That's future use problem. We've got today to worry about. Right now, you need to sleep. <laughs> the spirit says, work hard now and you will reap later. That's God's wisdom. Work hard now. Invest now and you can reap the benefits for the rest of your life later. I like that. The flesh tricks you into thinking that it has the right path for you, but actually betrays you and gives you a permanently bad life. It's kind of a little bit like smoking, am I right? It has this like immediate kick, this immediate like, it's a, like a stress relief. Get my mind off this thing. Just like, let's go outside and do something, right? It's this immediate like, uh, like release of chemicals in your mind. Feels good. I'm, I don't smoke, so I don't know. But from what, I, <laughs> from what people told me, it's good. But... It kills you. That's a big price to pay for like fleeting pleasures every day. You know what I mean? Anyway, now that's the flesh, right? Does that make sense? You guys get the flesh. You guys, you've experienced, everyone's experienced that, right? The flesh is your body's and your mind's messages. That's, that is going to be, make you feel good, basically. Now, the spirit now, I, I don't know if I can fully explain the spirit here, but I'm going to do my best, okay? So just bear with me, because I feel like it's a bigger term than I originally thought. Um, okay, the spirit is the Holy Spirit, first of all. The Holy Spirit lives in you, and he has given you a new heart, and inside that new heart is new desires. And these desires, if you listen to him, and you stay in him, you remain in him, and you believe in him, will lead you to fullness of life. Right? That's what the law in the Old Testament was designed to do. It wasn't designed to bring you death, although that's what it actually ended up doing. It actually was designed to lead you to life. Like David says in the Psalms, your law is like honey to me from, the, from a honeycomb. It's so sweet to me. Because he got it. He goes, oh, this thing's not hard. You're actually, trying, you're actually trying to protect me here. Oh, you're leading me to be more like you. I get it, I get it. Okay. Oh, so it's not like this hectic heavy pressure thing. It's just like guiding to being more like you. Oh, I want that. You know what I mean? So the spirit gives you new desires. Like your, your body has certain desires, hunger, sleep, sexual desires, um, you know, all these different things, right? Comfort. But the spirit gives you new desires and those desires are intended to lead you to fullness of life. Does that make sense? So you're going to have two different desires inside of your heart all the time and knowing what to do in response to them is the key here so <coughs> yeah so this this the spirit is also the wisdom of god so even when it's not necessarily talking about spiritual things here he god has wisdom for lots of different practical things so you go read go read through proverbs it talks a lot about money in there and work and friendship, and love, and study, and children, and parents, and all sorts of different things. Just life stuff, life guidance, right? God has lots of wisdom for that. Holy Spirit will guide you in that stuff too. Um, the spirit of wisdom, it calls him. And, he, and 
Jesus sent him so he could guide you into all truth. And the Spirit is just sent to guide you into who Jesus is. Because Jesus is the manifestation of wisdom, 1 Corinthians 1 says. He became wisdom to us. Right? You guys following? Um, sorry, I know it's like all these like weird Bible words, but hopefully you get what I'm saying. Um, and and the, you, know, you guys know the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. I think it is. Maybe there's one more. I might miss one. Faithfulness. Yeah, I think those are the two same ones, but different words. Um, is that right? Faithfulness and forbearance? Yeah. Um, yeah, faithfulness. It's good. Um, one, of the, one of the fruits of the spirits is self-control. Self-control. You're supposed to be controlled. Like, you're supposed to be able to go, there's br- brownies in front of me right now, and I can have them or I cannot have them. It's funny because there's brownies like over there. Yeah, but that's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying brownies are bad. I'm not saying brownies are bad. So don't don't hear this wrong. Yeah. Otherwise, because you can turn even this into the law, right? And go, okay, no more brownies from now on. No, no, that's not the point. The point is, you make the decision, not your body. The spirit guides you, not the flesh. The flesh goes, eat that. I want the sugar right now. Just just eat it. And you go, no, 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 no. I make a decision here. Do I want this? Yeah, go for, go for a brownie. <laughs> and you have a brownie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you know how to stop as well. You know how to stop after you've had, like, let's say you have one, you go, oh, I want another one. Well, you know, like, the body says you want another one, but do you want another one? So you get to make the decision here. Um, <coughs> self-control. It's, it's powerful. Um, what's another example of self-control? I've got a funny one from today, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. Hit I don't know you're speaking on this, but this is a bit weird. Yeah. Because the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit spoke to me really directly, which normally doesn't happen to me. Like, normally I'm like, thank you. But it was really direct today. I was, I've done so much. I'm a big driver. Anyone who knows me, it's like I live in my car. I'm always in my car. And I was driving today. And I was just... So the road I take to kind of get to Sydney is you could easy do 120 and yes, that's it's a good like example. <laughs> or like a 60 zone. And yeah, that's the worst. But <laughs> Is it legit 60? <laughs> there's some bits that you like go into 60s with truckies like to pull over. Anyway, there's like, it's mainly 80s and 60s. Um, and I was like driving today and I am a, I would call myself a smart speeder. I don't speed when it's dangerous. I don't, I tend not to speed when it's in my car. Like, I try to be good about it. But if there's no one on the road and... I want to get home. I've been driving for two hours. Like, might put the pedal to the metal. So, I was driving wow. today. It's really bad. What if the police listen to this? It's alright. <laughs> <laughs> I like huh? Her face. Like, just like going one twenty past the police once. Didn't even get in. Oh, what? Wow. Like, thank you, Jesus. But Lucky. <laughs> I got to this place today, and I was driving, and I was kind of feeding, and then yeah, like this thought came into my head that was like. Um, I was just thinking, I was just listening to some worship music and then it was just like, I can't trust you with the big things until until I can trust you with the little things. And I was like, oh, that's heavy. I was like, Whoa. Right. And I was just like, Super okay, heavy. I know. And so I think Jackson or someone, someone has said that to me before, <coughs> like m- months ago. I don't even remember who it was, but that Jesus. just came in my, probably Jesus, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably Jesus. <laughs> and that just came in my head and I was like, Oh, all right. And then I kind of kept driving. And then the first thing my mind went to was like, 
like speeding court, and I was like, oh, come on, like, <laughs> this is a long trip. I drove all the way down yeah. yesterday for my dad, like, you know, got to drive a lot. Wow. And then I was just, so I was kind of like, you know, when you try to logic yourself, I was oh, like, yeah. no, it's safe speeding. Yeah, I was, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's all right. Yeah. Like, I do this all the time. I know where's okay, I know where the speed comes up. No such thing as I know, but this is my logic. <laughs> and so I was like going, and I kind of just kept doing. I would, I wouldn't have been normally. It would be like an eighty, then I'll do ninety or something. Yeah, like everyone does it. Let's be real. And I was going along, and I was just like kept saying it, and I was like, oh no, this is one of those moments where you know it's the Holy Spirit, and if you choose not to, <laughs> you're not being you. Like I'm yeah. like, now I have to choose. Like seven. Wow. Like, I'm in ignorance, you know, I was just saying, you know. And then um, I was like, yeah, the rest of my trip was really slow because I was trying not to speed. And of course, you get used to just doing like 60 yeah. is so slow. Yeah. I, so I think slow. I know the road you're talking about. So it's going into the Blue Mountains, right? Oh, it is even slow. the other side. Oh, okay. Go, so there's like the one where there's all the towns and that makes sense for it to be 80s and 60s. Right. This one's just like gorgeous trees and like there's nothing there. There's no, there's no one. It's like a hundred is very okay. Yeah. More than a hundred is probably okay if you know how, if you know the road. <laughs> Safe speeding. Uh, I know you're saying. Yeah. But yeah, Holy Spirit was like, no, nah, I can't trust you. And then I was just Whoa. thinking. So then I got deep on it because I'm one of those people, and I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh God, you really want to heal people? Like, just do the little things. And then I was trying not to speak. So that was. Wow, <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> that's so cool because like, yeah, I, I I love that you brought that up because um. That is exactly right. God, God is looking for people who are able to consider the smaller things, quote unquote, and go, no, this is a big thing. And be obedient. Because you know what? It's, it actually is a big thing. Because it's not about what you're doing. Because you, we think it's a small thing in society's eyes. And in a sense, it is. Like going five kilometers over an hour, it's not a big of a deal. But the heart behind it is a very big deal to God. Very big deal. Because he goes, he goes, well, so are you now picking and choosing which laws you're going to obey and which ones you're not? Like, because that's not who I am. Do you and know I what I mean? I thinking about like how I'm always, the main things I have in my car are non-cushions. Like all my non-cushion pads, I normally yep. am driving them around. And I was just thinking, like God was just like, all right, well, when you do start, when I start like trusting you with these bigger things, I want to know that you're walking. Like, and I want this anyway, like, but I was just really hearing like, you got to walk like me in all the areas or otherwise people will see, like, will be looking at you. Like, how many of your friends do you know, if they can heal people, like, if you know stories of them healing people, like, we all can, but you know what I mean? You're just like, oh, I want to be like them, you know? And yeah. then you want to, you start noticing more things about them. And it's like, if they're not walking like Jesus, you're not becoming like Jesus. Mm. You're becoming like whoever it is that you're yeah. following. Like, yeah. And I don't want to be like that to other people. Like, yeah. if I'm going to influence people... I've got to be able to go, all right, even though they don't know I'm doing this yes. because of God, I'm not going to speak. Like, yes, 100%. Yeah. So that, that, that example that you said where you really knew it was the Holy Spirit speaking to you, maybe it won't always be that obvious, but that's a good example for right now because the flesh is going, no, I'm impatient. I've been driving all day. I just want to get home. I'm tired. I'm sick of this. And then you acted out, out of that and you started speeding, which I can understand. Not saying I agree with it, but I understand. <laughs> but then the spirit comes in and goes, no, 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 that's not that's not who we are, is it? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you go, okay, so I've got two options before me, two options before me. I can I can go this way, and look, I'm probably gonna get home faster if I do this way, mm -hmm. or I can choose the spirit and choose 
and choose the life that's going to bring, bring me actual fruit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so that's an example of what your life's going to be like every single day in lots of different ways. The flesh is saying, go this way. It Look, there's benefits to it. I'm not saying there's not. That's why it's so deceiving. Mm. You know what I mean? But this is the way it leads to life. And then my spirit was like, psyching me up for life then. It was like, because yeah. when you start going good with whatever it is, and it is the little things because they're the reoccurring ones, I always yeah. find. It's like you might have this big challenge, but that's only one. It's like the little things in every day. Yes. Then I was like, all right, cool. What do you got on this week? Wake up an hour earlier or wake up half an hour or whatever it is. So you don't run late so that you don't get in your car and go, oh no, but I'm running late. I'll just today, like to try and it. So it's like a lifestyle, like rather than, oh, I'm just going to try and do this for a day or something. It's like, mm-hmm. no, how do I make this my lifestyle? Like who I am as a person. And yes. it's like, I can't speed on my trip to Sydney this morning. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. Um, I love that you brought this example up because stuff keeps coming to me as you're saying, which is really cool. Okay. So <laughs> Right, so you got the two you got the two paths, right? You got the flesh and the spirit. Let's stick with the speeding analogy for just a second here. Now, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, right? All that sort of stuff. The fruit of the spirit, which means if you go this way, the fruit you will bear in your own life, in your own heart, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, all the things that everyone wants, right? By by choosing this way. So let's say you make a habit out of speeding, which a lot of people do and I've definitely done in my life, Um, you make a habit out of speeding, what that will probably suggest is you're very impatient and you're not good at, you know, submitting to laws. There shouldn't really be laws and that sort of stuff, right? So that's the decision that you've made. And now probably what that's going to produce in you is more impatience, right? So I reckon you'll find the people that are like the most aggravated and the most crazy on the road are probably those who speed and they hate traffic and weaving in and out and do you think it's like benefiting them in a sense it is because they get to their place faster but the ramifications on their character on their heart on their life is significantly worse so the flesh betrayed them the flesh said come this way it's way better No, no 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 you've made your life significantly worse because now you don't have patience and patience is so key for everything in life yeah Good luck going through life without patience. I'm serious. Like, how the heck can you grow a business without patience? How the heck can you raise children without patience? Or how can you go and learn any sort of new thing without patience? You need patience. So Holy Spirit goes, no, Corny, let's go this way. No more speeding. And you go, oh, okay. And you slow down to 60. That's and it's my version of the gym. The gym, yeah. yeah. Like, you're saying you go to the gym, it's the yeah. same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing. Because now you're saying that. It's like all my weaknesses... I reckon reflect in my driving. Like even my, I like to know that I can do things my way when I have that little bit of control that's not affecting people. But the truth is, it's like affecting me. Yeah. It's like I'm practicing that in as a, as me going, yeah, I can do a hundred meters, no one around. Yeah. Or I can sit up this guy, oh, I probably shouldn't. Oh, yeah. maybe I will. Like, yeah. And then in life, I'm like, oh, I don't have control of this. Oh, what? Yeah. I've got to do something. Or yeah. like whatever it is. So. Yeah. And that's totally something that he would just want you to go, you know what, I'm going to get there when I get there, I'm going to give this to you, God. And you slow right down the 60 and you just chill out and you just go, yes, this is awesome. (laughs) Turn the music up and you just sit on 60 and you go, I'm obeying the law. I'm being a good citizen right now. And right now, Holy Spirit is birthing in me patience, which is going to help me in every single area of my life because you chose 60. Mm. See, the spirit is life and peace. The flesh is death. 
How crazy is that? It's actually true. The Bible is freaking true. I can't believe it. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't make any of that up. That's true, isn't it? Like, if the, the people that are the most aggro are the ones who speed. You know what I mean? Least, least patient. But those who just sit and go, no, nah, 60s are out. Okay, they want to get there. Just chill. That's how I drive, by the way. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, it's going to benefit your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's and so the things good. that affect, like, before you even walk out the door, it's like, you know how, I think it was last week you were saying about your value of where you want to spend your time. And it's like, I probably don't run late a lot because I'm smart at, like, smart speeding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 maybe not safe speed, smart speed. But, and that's probably why I'm not late. It's not because before I walk out the door, I'm going, no, I value getting on, getting there on time and I value like um, this, the time with the people I'm going to be with or whatever it is. It's just like, I make it work because when I get in my car, whatever time I've left, I get there at the same time every time. Like, which is really bad, but. I hear. That's a good reflection. Try, try this next time. This is, this is crazy and a bit out there. Next time you do that drive, that big drive from Sydney to. Um, was it? Is it Lura? No, no, not Lura. Let's go. Let's go. Sorry, yeah. get mixed up. Just sit the the um the speed limit the whole time and yeah. trust God, and I I I reckon you're gonna get there even faster. That's gold. A faster. Yeah, it's a miracle. <laughs> he can transfer <laughs> their cable. Do you have me and my car when I have speed? <laughs> Let's see what happens. I was talking to my dad the other day. He's like, "How did you get to the airport on time?" Because I was picking up CM. I ran an hour late, and I got to the airport on time. Oh damn! It's bad, you guys. I'm, yeah. I'm confessing. <laughs> no, it's good. Bring it to the light. You know what I'm saying? But seriously, try it yeah. and see what happens. In your mind, you're gonna go, "That's no way gonna work." No, I'm gonna but do it. Do you know? Okay, this is really weird. But time, we think time is like completely. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's like an un un uh, unmovable, immutable force, right? Time literally goes slower. This is weird. This Einstein figured this out. Time actually goes slower depending on how much it's affected by gravity, I think it is. So if you have a twin and you live at the top of a mountain and they live at the bottom of a mountain, you are older than your twin. Yeah, it's messed up. Time is not this thing that everyone thinks it is, just constant, standard, linear. It's not. It's, it's, it's like malleable. It's like, yeah. They did it with two, um, these two clocks. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like because time and space went faster when it came back. Yeah. Even though they were set and started at the exact same time. I, I can't even think about it because it messes with my mind. <laughs> Is it because like the clock, like the gravity made it click faster or something? No, no, no. It's 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 actually the time goes slower. The, the the closer you get to the sun, I think it is. That this the more time slows down. It's really weird. I can't look it up. It's, it's what's it called? Einstein's theory of general relativity, something like that. Maybe I don't know. I'm not. I don't know the science and stuff, but it's true. It can be. It can be affected. It can be affected by things. It's weird. Like my speeding the limit. <laughs> well, or you chilling out and doing the yeah, speed limit. Out, Imagine doing. that. Imagine if you did that, because I've actually heard stories of that people are actually just driving the speed limit, be like, I'm not going to make it on time, and they just make it on time in I a weird love way. Actually, the speed limit. Like it's really satisfying when you do do it. Yeah. I think it's just like, I'm like someone who, once the music's done, I just enjoy like yeah. the drive, and so I'm like, it's like fun. Yeah. <laughs> Driving fast is fun, let's be real. It's so but fun. it puts people's lives at risk. So, yeah. 
I, I had this thought a few years ago, and this might scare people from, from speeding, and it definitely scared me out of it. If I hit someone, and I was going even five kilometers over, yeah. and they died from it, there's no way I'd ever be able to escape from the fact that if I was going slower, maybe they would still be alive. And I just, I couldn't escape from that fact, you know what wow. I mean? But if I kept the speed limit, I knew my conscience would be clean, because there's nothing I could have done. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Um, so let that inspire you. Wow. <laughs> but no, no. don't feel guilted into it. Just enjoy the spirit because yeah. he's leading you into life. You know yeah. what I mean? Good. Another reason I'm glad you brought that, up, that story up is another story I just thought of. Dan Moller, right? So he tells this story. He oh, was, heard you heard this one? Yeah. yeah, it's really good. He was driving from, I think just, you know, from his home to someplace every single day. And every day he'd go past this bridge um, in his hometown and this bridge, underneath the bridge was just like piles and piles of rubbish. Just like people just dumped stuff there and it was just really, really bad. After a few weeks of him passing through there, God interrupted him and said, Dan, how come you've seen this rubbish there every single day and you've done nothing about it? And he, he felt so like convicted and inspired and whatever that the next day he started going there and cleaning it all up. And he, started, he, just, he, did, it, he did it for weeks. And eventually he cleaned the whole thing up by himself and the bridge looked amazing. And on the last day, on the very last, like as he was picking up the last bits of rubbish, God in, in, talks to him again and says, Dan, you don't even know what you're doing, do you? And he goes, what? He goes, I'm just doing what you told me to do. And he goes, <laughs> like he said, God laughed at him or something like that. And he goes, he goes, no, Dan, things start in the physical and then they transfer over to the spiritual. If you can clean up this rubbish in the physical, I'll get you to clean up much bigger rubbish in the spiritual. And so him obeying what God said, yeah. cleaning up this rubbish that was like seemingly, what's the point, right? It's just a rub rubbish dump. That was like a, his promotion in the spirit. God goes, I can trust him. I can really trust him. He, 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 he obeyed my voice and he picked up that rubbish. And with no reasoning. No reasoning. Aside from the fact that God told him and it's good to keep the, the earth clean and to have order and all these things, right? Um, and then because of that, God promoted him. And like that, that's part of the reason, I'm sure, why his ministry is so successful. Because God can trust him. And so he blesses him with more and more and more. It's just how it is, you know what I mean? Anyway. I hope that's encouraging. Um, now, back to the spirit for a second here. After all that speeding debacle. Um, <laughs> that's good though. I really like it. I really like it. Um, perfect example. Um, we need to be men and women of our word. Do you guys know what I'm saying? Discipline looks like that. Self-control looks like that. When I, and, and don't say, I promise and I swear. Don't ever say that. That's what Jesus says. I think it's Jesus. Or maybe it's in James. It's one of the two. I think it's Paul. I thought. Oh, I, I don't know. It's in James. Yeah, I think it's in James. Yeah. Um, he says, anyway, the Bible says, don't ever swear by this or swear by that. Just say yes and no. Let your reputation be, if I say yes, you 100% know I'm going to be there. And I'm going to do that. And I'm going to say that. And I'm going to, you know, whatever. Whatever I said yes to, that's what I'm going to do. You know, just say, I swear, I promise, I promise, I will, I swear. Your word is meaningless. The fact that you have to say, I swear, I promise so many times means your reputation is, usually when you say it, you don't mean it. You know what I mean? The spirit is, you say it, you do it. Done. No if, buts, no, no, no ifs, buts, or maybes. That's who we are in Jesus. Is that how Jesus lived? Absolutely. Whatever he said, he went out and did. No excuses. 
He just did it. You know those times where he stayed up praying all night? He was hungry. He went to the desert for 40 days and he didn't eat. He was fine. He's five. His body was probably shutting down. The flesh was like, feed me, feed me, feed me. I'm dying, I'm dying. He's like, no, you're fine. It is written. Have <laughs> I preached on that a few months ago? Yeah. So good. Yeah, I listen to that today, actually. It's good. And I got encouraged by it. <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Be a man of your word. Be a woman of your word. Mm-hmm. Whatever you say, you will do. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. This is, this is what the Spirit is like. I'm just giving you examples of what the Spirit is like. The Spirit's going to lead you in this way. Basically, it's going to lead you to Jesus. <laughs> it's always the same thing. But he's going to, there's a certain discipline that Jesus had. Do you get that? The way he spoke, the way he lived, the way he thought. Disciplined, strong, immovable. He knew who he, who he was and there was no way getting around it. He was sold out. That's how strong your mind must be. Never give in, never give up. That kind of mentality. I'll show you how to get there in just a second. Um, the Bible uses the, uses the words... The desires of the Spirit. So, the desires of the Spirit. So, walk by what God and your true self really want. So, your true self really wants this. Your true self really wants to not speed. Your true self really wants to eat healthy. Your true self really wants to not sleep in and have control over this, this and that thing in your life. That's what your true self wants. So, you walk by the desires of the Spirit. That's who you are. Just know you're not the flesh. Um... Honestly, every single culture, like I said before, has figured this out to a certain degree. Every single culture, every single army, if it wants any chance at winning a war, has implemented some form of discipline. Do you notice that people in the army, they all dress the same? They all look the same, basically. (laughs) They all do the same training. They all eat the same thing. They go to bed at the same time. Regimented. Specific. There's zero chance you're going to win a war with just an army like, oh yeah, rock up when you can, when you're free. Yeah, wear whatever, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Imagine an army like that. A thing would be destroyed in a second. And when, and when they fight in wars, they stand in lines. And at the front of the lines, or like at some point in, within, within the army, is commanding officers and they, and they command over this and they command over this and they submit to these people. And there's, there's structure and there's order. You know what I'm saying? This is, this is, that's of God. That's, who, that's what He's like. Um, we understand what we want is a difficult path of self-denial. We people, people get it. You listen to any sort of like self-motivation or like self-development, inspiration kind of stuff. On, I listen to a lot of that stuff. I love it. It's all, it's all denying the flesh and living by the Spirit. They just don't talk about it like that. They go, it's hard work, believe in yourself, Never give up, set goals, go ahead and do it, don't sleep in, have a vision board, know your why, all these things that these guys say. They get it. The flesh betrays you, whereas the spirit brings life. So work hard, be disciplined. Um, think about people like monks, religious, pious people. They, they shave their heads, they dress in robes, they don't eat certain things. Very, very like, um, what's the word, aside from disciplined? <laughs> Structured, very 
very self-controlled. Exactly. It's all about self-control. Yeah, because there's, there's fruit in this. Even without Jesus, right? There's fruit in just like self-control. <laughs> Everyone knows it. Um, Mary, I was going to yeah. say, um, is there any connection between disciple and discipline? They're so similar. Well, I'd say almost certainly because they're so okay. similar. Mm-hmm. I think I've heard somewhere at some point that there is, but I, I don't know. Luke, would you have any idea? <laughs> Give you a thing. <laughs> Access the database. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I think there probably is. Um, like, you know when you say, like, if you join, like, a martial arts school, they'd say, that these are our disciplines. Like, this is what we do. That's, like, that's our teaching. That's our doctrine kind of thing. So, maybe. Yeah, because it probably just means they are follow, they're following Jesus. They're not doing what their job was to do, what he's yeah. teaching. Yeah. It could mean one who follows a discipline. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant. Hey, yeah, I think that's probably, yeah, that's good. That's cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. Okay. Now here's here's a question you've all been waiting for. How do we live by the Spirit and not in the flesh? Anyone wondering that? Better be. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, he's not been listening. Because um, I don't think it's as simple as just choosing. Like it is to a degree, of course, but there's more to it than that. So. Um, you can flip your Bibles open, actually, to Romans chapter 8. I've said this before, but some people think Romans chapter 8 is the best chapter in the whole Bible. And I feel like I have to agree, because it's freaking incredible. I've seen, I've seen a commentary written on this one chapter before, and it was like this thick on this one chapter. I was like, oh my gosh. Like usually they write... Commentary is that thick in a whole book, but this is just about one chapter. You can probably live in Romans 8 the rest of your life and you'd have a good life. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay. Let's just go from verse 1. <clears throat> there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because you've been freed from the law. For the law of spirit for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law weakened by the flesh, just keep, keep an eye on these words, right? Flesh and spirit could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk according, sorry, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Um, for those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, and to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. That's where I got all that that stuff before. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, And anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Now, I know there was a lot there, but do you see that constant theme of spirit and flesh, spirit and flesh, spirit and flesh, spirit and flesh? Good, because you need to have that mindset as you live your life. Oh, that was the flesh. Oh, that's the spirit. Oh, that's the flesh. 
yeah, I think this is the spirit. You know what I mean? You're gonna have that kind of that mindset. Otherwise, you're not gonna know what Paul's talking about here. Okay, now, the first thing you gotta do is you wanna live by the spirit and not by the flesh. If you wanna get out of this trap of the flesh, the first thing is in verse five. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Literally right there, you've got, you've got the difference between the two. And you know what the difference is? What you think about. How crazy is that? What you think about determines which way you're going to go in life. What do you set your mind on? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Set your minds on the things of the Spirit and then what's going to happen? Or are you going to live by the Spirit? Set your mind on things of the flesh? Yeah, you're going to live by the flesh. And then does that include what you see? What you watch? Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was high. Um, what do you mean? Like TV shows and stuff? Yeah. Not wholesome or just not beneficial yeah. for yeah. their spirit, I guess. See, okay, I, I fully agree with that and I've done it myself. But I wouldn't say it's an absolute rule. It depends yeah. on the person. So, for example, I used to watch Game of Thrones and after I watched it to like this, I watched it through twice, I think. When I got through to the end, me and Amber watching it together and we got, to, got through to like season five and I just had this moment and I was just like, the stuff that is in it, like it's a great show, like mm. it's well written and all that, but the stuff that's in this show, I don't know how I didn't see it the first time around, but whatever. <laughs> stuff that's in this show is horrific and oh, yeah. disgusting to a very large degree. Mm. And like to a degree, I'm okay with that if I'm solid in my mind, but at that point in my life, I was probably not as solid. So I needed to cut it out because while it was not simple for me to watch it, it was unhelpful for me to watch it because it set my mind on the things of the flesh. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you can the watch brownie, that. You can eat the brownie, but no, you don't have the control. Yes, absolutely. Because <laughs> um, it was even pointed out to me, which hit me really hard, because Game of Thrones, I can give or take. Yeah. But for me, the one that hit me between the eyes is actually the Harry Potter series. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. It's demonic. It's full of witches. Yeah. You know, when you like, you like watching, reading that, because I was, I'm a passionate Harry Potter reader. I loved everything in it, and and it was pointed out to me how demonic it was. Mm. Anyway, who pointed that out? It was there. It was at the <coughs> business conference with the speaker. I don't remember Courtney. Sorry. <laughs> Sure. But I never saw Harry Potter as witchcraft. Yeah. yeah. And for it being pointed out to me, it actually hit me quite. Yeah. Um, I can understand that for sure. I mean, my, my personal opinion on that is that, <coughs> again, it's probably the same thing with Game of Thrones. It is not sinful, I think, to read or watch those things. I think be aware. Be aware. Be, be aware that it could affect you in your life. That's the thing. 
depends on how strong your mind is. Yeah. If you can read that and go, no, nah, st- I, I yeah. live this way yeah. and not affected by it, I don't think it's an issue. But if you live by that and then all of a sudden you start questioning your world around you and you're like, hang on, but what about, you know, there's been spells and stuff cast over me and you start freaking out and you're worrying. That's maybe an extreme example. I don't know. <laughs> but like, like, like curses and stuff like that is real. Like yeah, witchcraft is real. They, were, they, are, they, were, they are so real in, in, because for me they're not real. You know, I was, right. I, I was at that place in my mind where I just saw it as pure fiction. Ah, oh, I see, I see, I see what you're saying, yeah. And I enjoyed it for the writing. I enjoyed it for how clever that yeah. woman was for writing something oh, so very out worrying. of, you know, yeah. you know I, that's what I enjoyed about, about her. Yeah. But then I realised that I had to be careful because there are people who do believe in witchcraft yeah. and actually get affected by it. Mm-hmm. And I could be encouraging someone to go down there just by saying... Or talking about the book or, mm. or doing something like that. And that's what, that's what got me. Yeah. I think what you just said about the fact that as you're reading it, you're believing all this stuff's made up anyway. Yeah. That's an issue for me as well. If you can, if you read that and it starts to emphasize this worldview, all, all of what you see is, is reality. Mm. And there is nothing outside of that, including angels and demons and yeah. gods and yeah. all this sort of thing, right? Yeah. If it's enforcing that, it's not helpful for you, then maybe it's something they shouldn't be reading. You know what I mean? Yeah. But having said that, I don't think it's necessarily wrong to read it. You just got to be aware of this stuff. Like the stuff that you, the thing is, stuff that you consume, the stuff that you watch, the stuff that you read, the stuff that you intentionally go out of your way to look at, it will get in your mind. It will. Like that way you set your, your time and your effort and all these things, right? That's going to, like who you surround yourself with, who you speak to. The, the reason that you learn to speak is because you're surrounded by people who speak. And so you speak like them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That makes sense, right? Like what you surround yourself with, unless you're just absolutely solid and strong and know who you are, it's very difficult to resist that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Being conformed to the pattern of this world. Anyway, let's keep moving because it's getting kind of late. All right. Um, okay. Did you guys notice? Okay, so... That's the difference here. So what I want you to get, I want you guys to get two things from tonight. The first thing is set your mind on the things of the spirit and not on the things of the flesh. So watch your thought life. Watch where you set your mind. Everyone sets their mind somewhere. Where do you set yours? That's the question. Do you set it on the flesh or do you set it on the spirit? And setting on the spirit is very similar to what I spoke about last week. Put your mind on heavenly things. So setting your mind on the spirit doesn't just mean, oh, think about the Holy Spirit. It means think about your reality as a son of God. Think about what Jesus did on the cross. Think about where your, where your life is, your true life hidden with Christ. Think about heaven. Think about the future. Think about love. Think about all these things, right? Set your mind there and then live out of that place. You will only go where you set your mind. You'll only do what you, where you set your mind. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Set your mind on things of the flesh. Oh, I'm hungry. I'm tired. I'm over it. I'm down. I'm discontent, I'm all these things, right? Where do you think you live out of? You're setting your mind on things of the flesh. You will live out of the place of, of the flesh. And the flesh betrays you. The flesh is against you. Um, okay, let's keep moving. Oh, this is cool. God told me about this. There's a, there's a verse that's in Romans 14, 23, I think it is. Everything that does not proceed from faith is sin. 
everything that does not proceed from faith is sin, right? Faith is fixing your eyes on the things that are unseen. So that means that you should be every single day fixing your eyes on, on the things that are unseen and then making decisions out of that place. That should be your reality as a Christian. Does that make sense? That's how Jesus lived, right? Setting his mind on the kingdom of God. His mind was in heaven. And then out of that place, making decisions from that place. Therefore, he never sinned because he always made decisions out of faith and not on the flesh. Does that make sense? Do you guys get that? You guys know what I'm saying? Did I explain that well? I want you guys to get that. Everything that does not proceed from faith is sin. So you, therefore, every day should look like you setting your mind in heaven and making decisions from that place. That's what it has to mean. <laughs> making decisions out of things I cannot see, but I know they're there. Anyway, all right, let's keep moving. Um, your whole life, just like I said last week, should be lived with your mind in the heavens. Setting your mind there is life and peace. And if you live from that, um, if you live from that place as your primary reality, life and peace will actually start following you around. You won't have to keep chasing it anymore. Life and peace will follow you because you set your mind on things of, of the spirit in heaven and start following you. Okay, so first one, set your mind on things of the spirit. That's number one. Number two, practice discipline. Practice it. Physically go out and do something. I've got some examples here. I'm going to talk about it a little bit. Okay, fasting. Fasting is amazing. Bible talks a lot about fasting. Um, I've fasted a fair amount in my life. I'm not fasting currently at the moment, but I'm sure God will lead me back into it at some point. Um, fasting is fasting um, is not eating food, basically, in 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 an effort to carry this out and really practice putting to death the things of the flesh and living in the spirit. So a way of not living by the flesh is to have these, is resistance training, right? So your body goes, I'm hungry, I'm so hungry, I'm starving. And you go, no, we're good. That's fasting. So fasting doesn't have to be like, I don't eat for 40 days. Fasting can be, I skip dessert tonight because I feel like dessert. Does that make sense? Fast, fasting is... But sacrifice and suffering. Yeah, but it's it's... Fasting specifically is about food. So you can't say I'm fasting technology. It doesn't make sense. Like fasting is about food. You can skip technology <laughs> if you want to. And that's also a way of practicing discipline. But fasting is about food. And whenever the Bible talks about fasting, it's talking about food. It's not talking about water, I don't think it is. It's just talking about food. So give, give fasting over to God. And, and if you've never fasted before, let him teach you about it. Let him call you into it. He always would call me into it when I was fasting. Call me into it and call me out of it too. Um, it, it made me strong. It made me really, really strong. Like, I'm very strong in my mind. You won't find many people that are stronger than me, to be honest. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm very strong in my mind because I've fasted, because I'm disciplined, because I do these things and I don't give up. And fasting has allowed me to even say this sort of stuff. Because I've practiced it, I've walked it out. At one point, this is probably about four months ago, five months ago, I was fasting. Um, it's not about the numbers here, but this is what God led me into. He said, fast one meal one day, two meals the next day, three meals the next day, and then back to eating again on the fourth day, and then do it all over again. So basically, I was eating 50% of the time. And um, 
It's powerful. It hurt. Every single time it hurt. I would sit on my lunch break at, at work starving. Just being like, I love you, Jesus. I choose you. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm prophetically declaring the flesh is dead. I don't need food to live right now. I got you. I got this. <laughs> With you. You know what I mean? It's powerful. It's really, really powerful. Because the, the hunger feeling in your body is really persuasive. Just like sex. Like sex and food, so powerful. Those two things are just insane. Um, <clears throat> anyway, any questions about fasting? I know it's a kind of a controversial topic sometimes. Yeah. You know, for a day, two days, three days. Yeah. It does actually clear your mind. How funny is that? And yeah. So, and your so system that, too. And, yeah. yeah so, it's, so it's healthy to do it for a whole body, but also it clears your mind, which is yeah. probably the reason you're able to get closer to God because it's clearing your mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's just interesting. For sure. That, you know, it's sort of proven physiologically. Yeah. ties in with, wow, it does make sense that it would do that. Yeah. I, I, I view that because I like that. I view that as an added bonus. Mm. I'm just like, I wouldn't fast to get to that place. But as I'm fasting, I like the fact that my body, because apparently your body is actually like set up for not eating all the time. It's actually set up for like a break every now and then. You know what I mean? Yeah. What'd you say, sorry? It's set up for snacks throughout the day and then a big meal every now Because basically it's like you don't always go out and kill a deer because there's not always deer around. <laughs> yeah. You also respect what's going on. Sure. Still the <coughs> yeah. Big meal for the village in traditional like yeah. um, tribal times. Yeah. And once every while. Otherwise wow. it's just snacks here and there. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. But I guess the point is that it, it is just like going to the gym. It's supposed to hurt, right? It's supposed to hurt, but in purely a fleshly way. So as your flesh gets weaker, your spirit gets stronger. Because the more you choose the spirit, the easier it is. It becomes a habit. Like, I honestly feel it's so built into me right now. It's very difficult for me, for me to choose the flesh. That's why when my alarm goes off, I just get up. I'm just kind of used to it. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to get up, but spirit. You know what I mean? It's who I am. That's the kind of thing he'll, he'll work into you. It's amazing. It's really amazing. Okay, so fasting, that's, that's a great one to do. Exercise. Exercise always hurts. If it doesn't hurt, you didn't do it properly. <laughs> When you get back from a run, you should be dead. <laughs> that, was a, uh, that was an effective run. You should be sweating. When you get back from the gym, your muscles should be sore. When you've done, when you've done a leg day, you should be able to not walk the next day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so funny, man. I have this joke. Because I do, I do legs at the gym every Friday. And every Saturday, every Saturday, I just can't walk downstairs. I'm just like, oh, leg day. She's like, shut up. You're an idiot. <laughs> but... Um, oh, don't pause. Good. <laughs> Jesus. Had a warning saying, almost full. I was like, no. Okay. Um, exercise. Join the gym. I reckon, my personal opinion, most Christians should join the gym. <laughs> you probably never heard any other preacher say that. I just think, okay, if you're out doing like walks and stuff every day and runs and whatever and whatever, Fine, you don't need to join the gym. The point is, like, do something every day to discipline your body. 
Paul says, I, I wrote it down, laid it down here. He says, um, I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. One of the translations says, I beat my flesh. I beat my body into submission. I tell it what to do. He's that fixated that his body is not him. You know what I mean? Yeah, crazy. Um, that's good. It's good. And, 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 and all, all of this stuff, by the way, I forgot to say this in my first point. All of this stuff is because the flesh is dead, right? You, you need to understand that it's always identity. Always. I'm not getting you to do another thing. Oh, great, another thing I've got to add on to my Christianity. No, 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 no. It's already who you are. The flesh is already dead if you were in Christ. The flesh is buried. The old man is dead. Sinful nature has been cut off, it says in Colossians 2. Sinful nature, cut off. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> I love that. It's just like there's no way you could possibly sin anymore. You know what I mean? Sinful nature has gone. Just anyway. Churches don't believe that. I don't know why, but whatever. All right. Now, fasting and exercising, great. But this could be anything. This could be brushing your teeth and you go, I'm going to brush my teeth in the morning and at night. And I, honestly, I find this really hard. Whenever I get to nighttime, I'm usually just like, I'm ready to hit the sack. And I'm just like, I don't want to brush my teeth. It's the last thing I want to do. But for me, discipline is doing that. I've been pretty good, haven't I? Mostly. Yeah. I miss, I miss, I miss every now and then. But I'm pretty good. Mostly pretty good. Mostly pretty good. It doesn't sound very common, does it? Um, or it could be watching documentaries instead of TV shows. You know what I'm saying? Feed your mind with something that you know is going to be beneficial for you. It's, it's easier to just chill to that mode of just like comfortable TV show, but a documentary, you don't have to watch them all the time, but you get, you get what I'm saying here. You have decisions that you can make here that you don't feel like it, but you know it's good for you. You know it's going to, huh? Yeah, exactly. Not for the point of making yourself uncomfortable, but for the point of benefiting yourself and choosing to live in the spirit. Um, doing the chores around the house. No one wants to do the chores, but just do them. Because it's the spirit. And the spirit keeps things tidy. Order is part of God's character. Um, when you're at work and your boss isn't watching you, work really hard anyway. That's discipline. Only a disciplined work would ever do that. My job, I'm, I'm working in, in web, I, can, I know I can get away with doing less than my potential because my boss doesn't know how long it takes me to do something. He doesn't know anything about the web. Like he knows a little bit, but <laughs> I know about the web, right? So I can, I can give something in a day late. He'd be like, oh, you did it so fast. I'd be like, I was on YouTube half the time. You know what I mean? I could do that if I wanted to. So there's an opportunity for the flesh there to get comfortable and go, oh, I'm just going to chill today and just do whatever. You know what I mean? Discipline goes, no, I'm going to work even harder and harder and harder because no one's watching. But I'm working for Jesus. He's watching. <laughs> um, how good is this one? Don't scratch mosquito bites. That's discipline. You got this fat mosquito bite right there. It's so itchy. Just like... <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. I've never... I've never tried that, but that's cool. That's cool. Um, you can practice discipline when you get bitten by mosquitoes because you know it's better to not scratch it, right? Just let it be and it'll go away. But it's really hard not to do it. Um, get up early. 
Get up earlier. Every successful person on this earth gets up before everyone else does. This is true. Every, everyone does. You got you got to make the time for stuff. Um, I just scratched my head. It wasn't a mosquito, I promise. Um, <laughs> pray when you don't feel like it. Paul writes often, pray at all times. Always be praying. Pray when you don't feel like it. This one's a big one for me. I just, I don't pray that often, to be honest. I want to pray more. <laughs> but I don't, because I don't feel like it. <laughs> Kathy? Go to church. Tell your fellowship commitment. Yeah, yes, I agree. Make a commitment. And especially when you don't feel like it, that's when you should go. Mm. Especially. You'll develop with this character that's just like unstoppable. <laughs> good um show your feelings who's boss by doing what's right even when you don't feel like it because your feelings are going to send you very 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 strong messages and you're going to have to go no sorry we're doing this um last couple things and then we're absolutely done um push and pull motivation now I, i heard this concept concept today and i really really like it there's two different types of motivation to get you to do something. There is push, which is just willpower. Straight up, I'm just going to do it, I'm just going to do it, I'm just going to do it. That works for like a week or two, but then you get tired and then you stop. It always runs out. But pull motivation is you have such a greater vision for your life that that, that, that vision, that goal you're going after, after pulls you to do what you know you need to do. So if you're going, I'm going to get an exercise tomorrow just so I can, you know, be someone who exercises a bit more. I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go. You'll go for a couple of weeks, maybe. But if you go, sorry, if you go, who I am is the son of God and who I am is someone who has divine health and I believe I can take care of this body and I will find a way to have an amazing, incredibly healthy, infinitely amazing body in this life and you have this big picture that goes, I will get there or I will be the best fighter in the world or I will be the best athlete or I will, I will do this to, to give an example to my kids or I will leave an inheritance for my grandkids or this bigger picture than yourself, than your current now, having a bigger vision than the next weekend, having a, a vision that's years in advance that will pull you, that will pull you to your destination. <laughs> that's good motivation not push pull not push alright last little thing it starts with the mind we have to let it become who we are believe that you are someone who is alive in the spirit and dead to the flesh that's where it starts believing it always starts with believing it's the only thing you ever have to do remember that what does the work of requires to believe in the one he has sent believe who you are oh, I'm alive in the spirit and, and the flesh is dead. From that place, you'll go, oh, the flesh is dead. I'm not going that way. Then I'm going this way. You know what I mean? It's out of belief. It's out of faith. Everything that does not proceed from faith is sin. You guys get that connection? Um, last little bit. The only real breakthrough I saw in my life with this stuff is when I actually decided this is who I am and I went out and started working really hard not to try and be this person that I have in my mind. I accepted that as who I am already. Already, I'm there. I'm at my goal. I've arrived. I'm in heaven. Now I can rest. <laughs> I've 
I've arrived at my goal, I've arrived at my destination, that is who I am. And because that's who I am, I understand that I'm someone who works really, really hard. Because that's what my God is like. And I'm like him, and he's like me. And I'm like him, and he's like me. <laughs> and I'm in him, and he's in me. I only saw a real breakthrough with this when I decided that's who I was. Simple as that. I decided, I made a decision. Oh yeah, that's who I am. Crossing out all other possible possibilities. <laughs> That is who I am. Okay. Last Bible verses. I know I've said last hundred times, but... <laughs> um, Hebrews 12, 11. For the, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Oh, who wants the peaceful fruit of righteousness? That sounds amazing. It sounds like the best fruit ever. It, it yields... Okay, say it. Let me say it again. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. When you get disciplined, when you, when you get smacked as a kid, you're like, oh my gosh, my world is over. My parent has turned against me. They hate me. I'm dying. <laughs> you think it's all over. All discipline seems painful at the time rather than pleasant. But later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. I have, I have heaps more Bible verses here, but we're just going to leave it with that because I really like that. It, it definitely will yield the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by discipline. Seek after it, guys. You, you are alive in the spirit. Your flesh is dead. Go hard after it. Work hard. Be disciplined. Settle your mind. Be strong in your mind. You can't, you can't walk this Jesus life without it. It's impossible. Your flesh will betray you. The spirit will give you life. Jesus is king. And so are we. We are kings too. He's a king of kings, but we're those kings. We're kings of this world. How can we, how can we live so dispassionately in the church? How can we live so... How can, how can the world be so much further ahead of us in this stuff? How come martial artists don't come to Christians and go, how do, how do I be more disciplined? Why do we have to go to them? When, our, when we actually know that the flesh is dead and the spirit is alive. Why doesn't the military come to the church and say, how did you train your people to be so damn strong? Whereas we, we have to go to them. I remember I hung out with a friend that I went to school with a couple of years ago and he'd just come out of the army. He'd been there for four years. And before he went in, he was not like very strong. Like he was strong physically and he was, had like anger problems and stuff like that. But he came out and he, and he, and he got saved just after he came out of, uh, out of the army. Like God encountered him in, in, in his shed. It was a crazy, crazy story. And he got saved and just gave his life to Jesus. And then I said, oh, dude, we should meet up and read the Bible. I started reading the Bible with him. And he was living it out better than me. And I couldn't receive that reality. I was like, there's no way he's better. But the truth was, he, he was actually doing it better than me. He was actually going, no, it says this, I'm going to do this. And I was like, I don't do that. I'm supposed to be the one teaching you. I'm supposed to be the one with like experience here. And you're teaching me how to do it. It's because he had been to the military, he learned discipline, and he applied that to his Christianity. And he was strong in it. And I was weak, because I lived by the flesh, and the flesh betrayed me. Live by the Spirit. Be strong. Be a soldier. Walk around like you're a, you're a warrior. That can't be defeated. Because it's true. The devil can't touch you. That's what the word says. The devil cannot touch you. Only you thinking he can allows you to be 
able to touch you. <laughs> you have the shield of faith that blocks all fiery darts. You have the sword of the spirit. You guys have swords. Why don't you use them? You got armor. Put it on. Walk around like a boss. You are a boss. You're a king. You're king of this world. You have the whole kingdom of God. Be strong. Settle in your mind these things. Stop guessing them. Stop trying to figure out how they work. It doesn't matter how they work. Every, every person who, who's, who's good at giving business advice will tell you, decide what you want to do and decide when it's going to happen and you'll figure out the how along the way. You will. You just need to know the how. You just need to know that you will. We always, we always want to go, just show me the exact path, then I'll walk it. No, it doesn't work that way. You know, you know a car driving, in, driving at night on a, like a long stretch of highway and there's no, there's no street lights? It can see maybe like 50 meters ahead at one time. That's about it. That's all you need. <laughs> you don't need to know the destination. You just need to know you can see the next 50 meters ahead and then after that 50 meters, you can see the next 50 meters ahead. And that's it. You don't need to figure out how. You just gotta decide, I'm going here to get in the car and drive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Jesus. You guys understand? You guys know what I'm saying? You got any questions? I want us to be strong, really, really, really strong. The strongest people you know should be Christians. We follow Jesus for goodness sake. <laughs> he lives inside of us. And we let the flesh just rule over us sometimes. Weak and lazy and discouraged and devastated. <laughs> Discontent. Let's go hard after life. It's who we are. It's who we are. Jesus. Amen. <laughs> No questions? Okay. You don't want to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, hit me, man. You gave like a talk on resting in the spirit like yeah. a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. How do you, how do you balance your concepts of resting yeah. in the spirit? That's a good question, isn't it? So I think, I think I really like that question. The rest that the Bible talks about is ceasing from your works. And the works is you trying to do something so that you can be or that so that you can please God or so you can get into heaven all these things where you're striving and what it is is this pressure over you you might not be doing enough you might not do enough works you might be doing the wrong works you know what I mean if it's a works-based thing you never you never settled your heart is always wondering am I really saved am I really going to go to heaven am I really a son of God that's works and so in the gospel you give your life to Jesus and he goes Hey, everything, everything that's yours is a free gift from me. It's all by grace. And he gives it to you and he shows you who you are. He, give, he puts a crown on your head. He puts a, gives you a scepter in your hand. He goes, you're a king. You're royal. You're righteous. You're holy and blameless, right? As you learn that and you receive that by faith, you go, oh, that's who I am. Oh, I'm like you. You actually understand from that place that you can live and work really hard. Like Paul worked really, really hard, but he was at rest because he never had to guess who he was. Never had to second guess it. So the rest is ceasing from all your works, but that rest will look like really, really hard work. But it's the kind of hard work that you were made for because every person is actually made for hard work. I actually love hard work when it's something I care about and I'm passionate about. I love it. Like I used to be addicted to video games, right? I worked so hard at that. I was really good because I worked really, really hard. I loved it. I couldn't wait to get up and start working hard for it. You know what I'm saying? 
You can relate. How good is that? <laughs> you know, does that make sense? Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So it's a place of rest, yeah. but rest isn't laziness. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Rest is peace, actually. Mm. You have peace and joy in your heart. And from that place, you live. Mm. And you work really, really hard because you want to. Yeah. And you have a bigger picture that's driving, a bigger vision that's driving you. Yeah. yeah. Does that make sense? Awesome. awesome. I'm like saluting Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Any more questions? We good? Awesome. Thank you guys. Bless you.